Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One very interesting sense of justice, which Aristotle talks about in Nicomachean Ethics Book 5, is justice as what he calls complete virtue, or as the entirety, the whole of virtue. That is something that encompasses all of the virtues. We're going to see in just a moment that that doesn't mean that simply having the virtues automatically means that you're just, because it's all the virtues exercised in a certain way. So he begins this by carrying out this discussion that began with legal justice, and he notices that the laws, ideally, if they're put together well, if they're being run correctly, you might say, the laws ought to steer us towards virtue and away from vice. And remember that for Aristotle, human beings don't start out virtuous. We may have certain natural virtues, but those are not real virtues yet. They're just sort of the potentiality. You're sort of like going in the right direction, but not really there yet. So there's this plasticity of human nature that's there. There's this sort of not blank tablet, but we're not yet set as being virtuous. So it's not like we're already virtuous and the laws just make sure that we stay that way. The laws actually should actively make us virtuous, and they should also actively steer us away from vice, whatever vices we may have happened to have learned by the time that we become full subjects of the law. So the law should tell us to be virtuous and and not to be vicious. And how do they do that? By forbidding certain actions and by also commanding other actions. One that Aristotle doesn't talk about, but I think he would get behind, would be that we ought to provide for those who have provided for us, in particular for for parents. So there wasn't a social security or welfare network back in ancient Greece. Instead, what it was, as in most societies, is the parents who took care of the children and who nourished them, sheltered them, fed them, clothed them, hopefully educated them to some degree, As the parents get old and the kids are now in their prime, the parents have an expectation to be taken care of by the kids, in part because that's the right thing to do. And so the laws would say punish somebody who doesn't take care of their parents. He has examples of laws forbidding throwing away your shield if you're one of the heavy armed soldiers on the field of battle. Why? Because throwing away your shield was a sign of cowardice. That's a vice. And not throwing away your shield and actually staying there while people are are trying to stick you with these long spears or throwing, you know, leaden sling stones at you or arrows or God knows what else is indicative of courage. So it was supposed to promote courage. Likewise, not striking people when angered, not sleeping with other people's spouses, That's sort of a a lack of temperance, a lack of the control over one's abilities to withstand the allures of physical pleasures. The law forbids adultery, so the law is hopefully steering people towards temperance and away from, from intemperance or immoderation with respect to sexual pleasure. And you can have laws about all sorts of things. Aristotle doesn't think, for example, about laws pertaining to food and drink, but, you know, we regulate 
drink and drugs, things that people take pleasure in. And some places they actually do regulate food as well, trying to promote public health by keeping people from getting addicted to sugary drinks in huge quantities. Uh, so those, are, those would be examples. So that's the beginning point of this discussion. And Aristotle thinks that this is steering us towards this conception of justice, which is not the same thing as legal justice. It's not embodied in a particular law code. Rather, it's something that the just person, the person who has justice as a quality of who they are, their soul or personality, is able to show in exercise. And that kind of justice will, like he says, encompass all of the other virtues. And that's quite a lot for Aristotle, because remember, we're not only talking about, you know, the cardinal virtues, justice, prudence, temperance, courage. Justice would, of course, encompass itself. Courage and temperance we've already talked about. But Aristotle talks about a number of other virtues, many of which have to do with our relationships with our emotions, with goods, with other people. For example, generosity and magnificence, and then the opposed vices to them, like stinginess or prodigality with respect to generosity. Great soldness or magnanimity, as opposed to vanity or braggadocio, and small soldness over here, a sort of running down of oneself, right ambition, good humor, proper control over one's anger. All these sorts of things are cast within the spectrum of virtues and vices for Aristotle. And so justice encompasses all of them, but he says it doesn't encompass them per se the way that they are, but rather in relation to other people. That's really an interesting idea. Prostatonalo in Greek. And what that means is, say for example, temperance. Temperance or moderation means being able to control one's bodily appetites for pleasant things, like sleep, like drinking alcohol or, or taking drugs that have a, a fun side effect, or eating food, or having sex, or laying in the sun, you know, if you're, if you're sunbathing. And it's extreme vice as opposed to it would be intemperance, or a lack of, of self-control with respect to those sorts of things, a self-indulgence, we could call it, and then insensibility. So how would that be exercised in relation to another? It's easy to see how it would be exercised in relation to oneself. You know, let's think about food. Well, if you're, if you're intemperate, if you're over on this other extreme, you eat too much, you eat the wrong kind of foods, you're unable to control your appetites, you're unable to say no, not only the seconds, but the thirds, you go to the buffet and you can't leave a buffet without being stuffed. That can be bad for oneself. You get fat, and if you're fat, then you're probably not going to be too happy about some things. The, the lack of control over one's appetites can also be painful to oneself. The person who is intemperate, when they get the normal amount of food, a regular portion size, they feel upset about that. Whereas the person who's actually temperate not only wants to have the right amount of food, but they actually like to have the right amount of food. Now, how could that be exercised in relation to others? Here's an example. I have a family to feed. There's only so much food. I gobble up what's there. I take seconds when actually it should be my growing son or daughter who gets the seconds because they actually need that amount of food and I don't. I would be doing injustice to them, Aristotle would say. That would be intemperance or a lack of moderation in relation to 
another. We could think about the same thing for global food chains. If I know that purchasing this item here is actually bad for other people, it worsens their condition, I'm participating in something kind of unsavory, if pardon the pun, by purchasing it, but I say, I really like the taste of that. Forget it. I'm engaging in a kind of injustice. And then by moderating my tastes and saying, no, you know, I'm only going to buy food products that are not encompassing injustice towards other people in them, I would be exercising temperance in a way that's part of complete justice. Likewise, if we think about courage and cowardice or rashness, going too far, being foolhardy, seeing another person being bullied, it doesn't directly concern me. It would be courage for me to step in and say, hey, knock it off, to put myself at risk for the good of another person. Cowardice would be perhaps joining in on the bullying, saying, yeah, better them than me, get them. Or just keeping my head down and, and not saying anything, not reporting it to anybody. Foolhardiness would be jumping in, I'm going to get you every single time and attacking the bully, whether it's prudent to do so or not. Some bullies, perhaps it's better to talk to another person and say, hey, this thing's going on, than try to address it physically yourself, whatever the action movies may tell us. So, you know, those are some examples. Some of the virtues seem to be more particularly oriented towards others. For example, generosity and its larger scale virtue of magnificence having to do with how you spend your money in a public way. But could they have particularly other-oriented manifestations as well. I think that they could. This is something that actually bears more thinking about. But the basic idea is that when justice is to be understood as complete virtue, as encompassing all the virtues, it's always in relation to other people. Now, what Aristotle says that's really interesting about how this gets exercised, how this gets shown, is that it's revealed particularly by giving somebody authority or power. It's revealed, as he says, by rule, meaning when somebody actually gets put in charge. Because when you're put in charge, you not only manage your own affairs, you manage other people, and you manage other goods that could be appropriated by you or just you know doled out to your cronies uh, or could be used for the common good in a just way. So the virtues and vices would play in with it. If I'm generous, to really be generous in the workplace does not mean blowing the budget on pizza parties every time you know, to boost employee morale. Nor does it mean you know, trying to work everybody so that their bonuses are going to be good and my bonus will be stellar. You could think, for example of things like scheduling work hours, of deciding who gets put into you know, development positions and who, who doesn't, uh, who gets promoted and who is assigned other, other tasks. All of that would fall within what he's talking about here is complete justice. It's also revealed, he says, in relation to our neighbors, to those who we live with. To those who are involved with us, say, you know, not only in the same neighborhood, but perhaps in the same school, perhaps in the same workplace. Maybe if we want to extend this even further in a sort of postmodern way to those who are within the same virtual spaces as us, like YouTube. Aristotle talks a little bit about family in this respect. I think that family is where this is revealed as well. There are many people who are able to keep it together with respect to the outside world and their relations to that, but they treat their family, we could probably put friends down there as well, they often treat their family in an unjust way. So they may look like they have complete justice, but actually, you know, you scratch the surface and you find out that they don't.
So, this is another conception of justice. This is particularly focused upon the person who either has justice or has injustice as the totality, the sort of interpenetration of the virtues oriented towards others. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.